This is Ryan Bell, and I never listen to I Doubt It with Dolomore. Come to think of it, does anyone listen to I Doubt It with Dolomore? The following broadcast may contain free thinking and open-minded discussion, ideas, skepticism, and adult subject matter. Topics will be discussed using adult language, sometimes gratuitously. Get ready to move the conversation forward. This ain't your granddad's news and comment show. This is I Doubt It with Dollamore. All right. Welcome to the show and thank you for joining us. This 197th episode of I Doubt It with Dollamore. I am your host, Jesse Dollamore. And joining me for this show diddly-o, the lovely and talented Brittany Page. Just this show, though. <laughs> Every show. Just this one. We'll see. With this attitude, we'll see. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so I'm looking at a picture of a baked spaghetti squash, and it looks delicious. But the thing is... <laughs> It's disgusting. I've spaghetti squash. No, it is not good. Of course, it's not good. But every picture I see of one, I think I, I forget completely about how terrible it is. Because it looks real good. It looks delicious. Yeah. And then I had it, and it wasn't. You know what else? <laughs> you know what else looks good? And I've seen it. And I'm kind of a kitchen guy. I cook, and it's cathartic for me. Very relaxing for me. To cook. I, I do a lot of cooking. Mm-hmm. And I, th- I think I'm good at it. You think? Yeah. And I see this like uh, like uh, zucchini rini or it's got a weird name to it. And it's like a salad spinner, like like a uh, twirly twirl, like how you how you peel an apple kind mm-hmm, of a thing. Mm-hmm. And and it turns zucchini into and I'm doing air quotes here pasta right into quote-unquote pasta right and it looks like oh that would be great yeah tasty little snack i bet you that's shit well it's definitely not pasta (laughs) it most assuredly is not pasta i love when people act like oh yeah spaghetti squash can it you can't even tell that it's not pasta you can't even tell well they must not have they lost their taste buds in the war or something because or they're smokers because You can absolutely tell. Yeah. You can absolutely tell. And something's very wrong. Well, it's like a vegan saying, oh, if you go vegan, you will you won't even miss meat. Oh, That please. is fucking, that's horse shit. That is the shit from a horse, Brittany Page. <laughs> but Ugh. that is not what I want to talk about at the top of the show. Mm, Apparently, mm. we just burned three minutes talking about not what I wanted to talk about. Well, I'm quite hungry. Well, I see your chips over there and your Mexican Coke, mm-hmm. your Aquafina. Mm-hmm. You're splitting teams with your water and your, your soda company. Yeah. One is a Pepsi product. See here, we're digressing into food again. Mm-hmm. What I want to talk about is the new Facebook liking system. For years, uh, people have been clamoring for a dislike button. And I think that it's been this long to not have a, a dislike button because that kind of brings negativity into the space. Dislike, like, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And so today, or I noticed it today, it was released that there are, do you have the, the six or eight or however many things there are to, that can go in place of the like? 
Uh, yes. Let me have them. Because so I don't have them memorized. So I know one's angry because that's the one I gravitate toward. There is a <laughs> heart for love. There's a laughing face for ha-ha. Mm. There's a, um, you know, wow face. Like, like a blowjob face? Yeah. <laughs> and then there's a sad face with a tear. Of course. And then there's the angry face with the red face. Yeah. Yeah. Of course, red. Mm-hmm. My face is always kind of tomatoey. Angry. Or, and we'll get to this, on YouTube, I didn't know that I really take on kind of a pink hue all the time. Uh-huh. But uh, I don't know. We, we, I'm, I'm curious to see how this new system evolves on Facebook. And, you know, Facebook, I don't know if you know, but Facebook really is, it's more than just a wildly popular social networking site. They also do a lot of psychological experiments on the the ignorant public you know, that people don't know right even how they word when you report something on facebook they word it in a specific way to try to manipulate you into choosing certain things huh i didn't know that they do all they have like psychologists on staff to and then they have data that they they impart to social psychologists at like I think Berkeley too because it's right there. Hmm. But it's super interesting. So anyway, all that being said, they didn't go into this lightly. I'm sure that they studied the issue. They really took their time choosing what the little smiley faces are. Well, I think they also don't want people being abusive with them. So right. when Mark Zuckerberg posted his um, Facebook post uh, announcing the new like buttons i don't know what to call them um he said that everyone wants a dislike button but he wanted to give people the opportunity to express themselves in different ways and oh so he addressed the dislike thing that's good yeah and he said that he you know people didn't want the dislike button to dislike somebody's post it was to show that they um, didn't like the post like with the person, like showing solidarity with the person. Yeah, oftentimes it's, oh, my grandma just died. Right. And you want to support them. Hey, I read this. I'm with you. But you don't want to, oh, your grandma died. Yeah, woohoo! Yeah, like. like yeah. <laughs> so he, he kind of responded to that concern and addressed the fact that there's not a dislike button, but there are these other ways to express yourself now and enjoy those and shut up. You're not getting a dislike button. <laughs> Basically, is the summary. You go, Zuckerberg. Mm-hmm. That's good. Well, like I said, I'm curious to see how it plays out and how people, how long it's going to take for people to sink in and get comfortable using each of the the different buttons. Mm-hmm. If you have an opinion on this matter, we'd love to hear it. 657-464-7609. Of course, as always, you can email a voice memo from your smartphone to our email address, which is I doubt it at dollamore.com. I just have a feeling that it's going to be one of these things that soon becomes pathological where, you know, because you post something on Facebook and you're like, oh, where are my likes, you know, yeah, or, yeah. or Instagram right. and you're like, oh, I got some likes. And now it's going to be like, oh, I posted this funny joke. Where's the ha-has? <laughs> um, or I posted something surprising. Where's all the woes? Right. You know, or, oh, people should be mad with me, you know? Well, I wonder how it's going to affect, and this is just me being selfish guy, 
wonder how it's going to affect the the Facebook page, the mm. I Doubt It with Dollamore podcast Facebook page, mm. because there are often times we we post things like, and we don't get likes because it's a bad news story. Yeah. But but also I wonder how they're going to because we follow statistically all kinds of different metrics mm-hmm. for the page and I wonder if they're going to well you got this many blowjob faces <laughs> you got this many red faces if they're going to break it down statistically yeah. for us yeah I don't know there's so many questions well Brittany they page. also so when people like posts it shoves it into your your main news feed and it says you know this friend liked this are they gonna this friend thought a blowjob phase was appropriate. Yeah, I'm wondering yeah, how they're yeah. going to announce what my friends are doing now. Yeah. There's so many unanswered questions. I am it is. It's it's we're leaving the segment with more questions than answers. Mm-hmm. We don't like to do that, but unfortunately, we're going to have to move on because we've got a lot to cover. As I mentioned before and in previous episodes, I recently did a video in response to a to call her an anchor, I think is a little bit generous, but an anchor over at Glenn Beck's network, The Blaze, named Tommy Laren. In this video, I just kind of picked apart her argument, her gripes about the Beyonce halftime performance. If you'd like to see it, just search takedown of Tommy Laren. But we've been receiving both negative and some positive comments about it. First, let's start with the text message from someone, 2657-464-7609. We're not going to give you their phone number, although they freely provided it when they texted us. What did they have to say, Brittany Page? Some very, very nice things. And I'm sure very grammatically, meticulously written. (laughs) Dollamore. Your R... A dumbass. Mm. You probably have a black wife or kids and are blind to the fact of what Beyonce did. Beyonce, you say? It ends with the C. I'm just... Let me ask my black wife and kids if that's the correct way. The halftime show was racist (laughs) and get your history facts straight. History facts, you say? There were... I'm going to stop interrupting or this will never end. Go ahead. There were... I'm just talking over you. There were white (laughs) slaves as well. A slave was not defined by the color of skin. The white slaves were also called inwards. Oh, well, at least he used inward. No, he didn't. (laughs) Um, The... He actually, you know, wrote the word. Of course, of um, course. The race problem in America today, with a two, is not because of whites. It's from the blacks. They think that they are owned, owed something for their ancestors, in all bold, being slaves. I'm sorry I'm reading this a little. It's difficult because of all the errors and all the weird caps, and it's really kind of hard. It's not normal. It's not written normally, is what I'm saying. Should should I play some background music? <laughs> um, not a single one of them or their parents or grandparents were slaves. How many hundreds of years ago was slavery abolished? <laughs> uh, it wasn't hundreds of years ago, sir. And they still can't get their shit together. Again, this is someone else saying this. This uh, is not Come me. on now. Let's, okay. let's move. Should we just stop it? Get their asses off of welfare and government assistance and do what every hardworking American does. Earn their way instead of getting handouts. 
fuck the Black Lives Matter movement, all lives matter in all caps. It's people like you that continue to feel topics like this and divide our country even more. <laughs> Man up and grow a pair or get them back from your wife's jar. My Oh, my, my testicles, as mm-hmm, it were. Mm-hmm. Well, sir, uh, I would say, uh, let me clarify a few things. I don't have any wife, black nor white, nor any other color on the racial spectrum. I also don't have any black children. And while I don't claim to have, you know, hundreds of black friends, I certainly have more black friends now, although internet friends, uh, since after the video. But I would say this, all the black friends that I have, or of all the black friends that I have, I don't have a single one on welfare. Not one. And I realize that's anecdotal evidence, but my uh, my assumption would be that the that the preponderance of African Americans in this country aren't on welfare, asshole. So I'd like to go a different direction with it, which is <laughs> so I'm I'm really kind of sick of hearing people talk about how oh slavery was abolished how many years ago? Yeah. Um, you know, segregation was a thing until just a couple decades ago when my my parents were alive right so when he's saying that their parents weren't affected their grandparents weren't affected no they were their their grandparents were alive when terrible things were happening yes and i don't understand why everyone hangs on to the slavery issue no there was still violence against the black community terrible systemic Oppression. There was still discrimination against the black community. The Mormon church didn't allow blacks into the priesthood until 1978. That's a societally sanctioned thing. Yeah. Why Why would that have gone on that long right. until 1978? Only because society accepted it. It was okay. It was tolerated. So that's pretty recent, 1978, is it right. not? Sure. Well, look, not even that. It is right now... The city of Ferguson, Missouri, think what you will, believe what you will about what took place in the wake of the Michael Brown shooting. I'm not even going to make a judgment about that right here. Think what you will about that. The city is being sued right now by the federal government because of their forfeiture and their the way that they're distributing their fines based on traffic stops based on jaywalking tickets that has ended up bankrupting the african-american community there because it's a slippery slope you don't pay okay we're gonna fine you because you didn't pay now you owe more now we're, we're digging a hole that is almost impossible to get out of so all of these white people and i said that contemptuously even though Well, I guess I'm pink. (laughs) Mm -hmm. You'd have to read the YouTube comments to know. All these white people who are so angry and bitter, I think it says more about how they feel about their own station in life than about blacks in our country. It's sad and a little scary, especially since we're seeing just how well Donald Trump is faring in this presidential election. Well, it's just scary the lack of compassion for other humans. Absolutely. That is uh, so rampant right now. Ugh. All right. Let's play a voicemail that was um, supportive, let's say. Hey, what's going on, Donald Moore, man? First of all, I just want to say, man, I had an uh, opportunity to check out your show, man. 
and you are, you are, sir, official tissue. <laughs> and I mean that in a good way, man. You dropped some science, and I really appreciate that, especially with this brain-dead picklehead illiterate, <laughs> Tony Lauren. Now, I don't know if many people remember Josie and the Pussycats, but this chick gotta be Melody. You know? I I don't get the reference. I don't get the reference, but let's just assume that it was as hilarious as everything previously said. She's a bimbo and a half, if that's possible. You know? She's a couple of light bulbs, sort of a light bulb. And without electricity, by the way, and flooded with water. She's brain dead. Gots to be. Because she contradicts her own opinions, her own theories. And if you try to point that out to us, you try to find something else to redirect your comment into something else more ignorant. She takes you into a an abyss of ignorance. And that's a scary place to be. And that's a dangerous place to be because when you can't tell anybody anything, when you show all the facts and they still don't get it, that's not good. That's like, would you want her to be, um, you know, like in uh, driver's ed with, with, a, with a driver's student or a driver's teacher and the driver's trying to say, look, do not drive on the other side of the road because that's coming in the opposite direction and trucks will kill you. And she's like, no, that's not going to happen because I'm Tommy Lauren and um, I just don't believe you. So I'm going to drive over there and prove you wrong. Here comes the truck. Say goodbye to your lives. That's what she is. And she got a forum out there that other brain dead people can listen to. So she's going to build an organization of brain dead people and illiterates. And that's not good. <laughs> Ignorance is bliss, but it's also dangerous. So we need to put this chick in check and we got to make sure that her, her radiation of ignorance doesn't spread too far. You know? So, um, on that note, man, Kudos to you and your show, man. I hope to hear more of your ether because that was beautiful the way you broke it down against her. Keep up the good work, my man. And this is from your boy Fury Anderson, a.k.a. C-Rock the Fury, founder and CEO of Hands Up Network. Much props to you, man. Keep up the good work. And um, stay on the attack of these Tommy Lawrence because there's many of them out there. Too many. That's a shame. S-M-H. Apostrophe. One love you. Wow. Well, we have a new drop on the show. <laughs> Brain dead picklehead illiterate. We <laughs> are going to get a lot of use out of that. And to you, Mr. Fury Anderson, I appreciate it very much. One, I appreciate the kind words. And I've tried in this entire thing to stay... Only talk about what I know. I'm not speaking from a black experience. I, I don't have that. I've grown up in overwhelmingly white communities and have lived an overwhelmingly white privileged life. So I can't speak to black experience, but that wasn't what I did with the Tommy Laren thing. It, like I said in the video, it's white person to white person. I was having a conversation with someone else who was white who's largely probably had the same experience as me growing up in a rural, white fucking town. Anyway, thanks for the call. We appreciate it very much. And thanks for the new drop. Brain dead, picklehead illiterate. <laughs> I love that. 
Me too. All right. Well, next up, and then we will get off this topic, and maybe for good, although the video is still <laughs> going a little nutty. Um, another more positive comment from a female caller. Hi, I'm a content. I just um, actually wrote in a paper over this topic in particular, and I really uh, uh, liked your takedown of Tomi Horan. Um, I also wanted to point something out that um, was very contradictory of Tomi, which was the fact that she mentions that people like Beyonce like to pull off the historical band-aid and um, let America heal. When almost directly after she says she refers to Jay-Z in a slanderous way, so how can somebody who is striving to not look at the past but the future then say something about Jay-Z's past? and not where he's come, and the Sean Carter Foundation. Once again, I just really liked your video. And Well, let me, let me say, I clipped, I, I turned that off a little, <laughs> a little early. Sorry about that. Um, I, I would say this, that it is a point that I should have made, and I didn't think of it until after, for one, but also with YouTube, it's tough. You got to seven minute video which this was that's like a, a three hour biopic you know mm -hmm. on youtube that's mm -hmm. real long so um it's an awesome point you make i mean it's it's valid and logical unfortunately valid and logical don't typically um apply to that flavor of arguably a racist Mm -hmm. I'm not saying that, but I think the argument could be made that she is. Again, thank you guys for the call. I appreciate it very much and the support. 657-464-7609. We appreciate it very much. All right, moving on. Support for I Doubt It with Dolomore comes from generous, engaged, intelligent, and good-looking listeners like yourself by way of Patreon. You can contribute per episode as much or as little as you'd like. Comforted by the knowledge that you're within your budget and helping move the conversation forward one podcast at a time. If you too would like to become a supporter, please visit patreon.com slash I doubt it with Dolomore. All right. Uh, just want to remind you that today for you, Thursday, February 25th is the next and last of this month GOP debate, which we absolutely will be covering. So you will get that bonus episode on either Friday or Saturday. Be looking for it, Patreon people. We appreciate it very much. All right. Let's get on with the program. Dollamocracy 2016. Facing down pessimistic politics with realistic optimism. All right. It is apparently voicemail day on the show. We got another call, but I wanted to include it in the Dollamocracy segment because it deals specifically with politics and with the concentration of power within the GOP candidacy. And here it is. 
Hey guys, this is Dan from Oceanside. Just listening to Monday's show, uh, as you're talking about Trump and the, the way to unseat him is for the rest of the voter pool to consolidate behind one candidate. And I, I, I would imagine that's correct. And I think, uh, most, most experts agree with you on that. Um, but I used to be more concerned with individual candidates. And as much as I think Trump or Cruz would be a disaster, uh, and I think a Rubio presidency would end after four years, um, I, I used to think it was, you know, well, these particular candidates, I, I think it's now more emblematic of the problems of the party, uh, that they've lost the last sev- several national cycles, uh, and, and in 2012 got kind of their ass handed to them. And for some reason they've thought, you know why we didn't win? We didn't go far enough right, which in independence swing elections, because people on the left are going to vote for the left regardless. People on the right are going to vote for the right. They have nowhere else to go. So it doesn't make any sense to me that you wouldn't reach out for people in the middle, which the Republican Party seems to have no interest in doing. Uh, but what's even more of a problem is, you know, certainly in the 60s, you know, when with uh, kind of William F. Buckley being the tastemaker for the party and, and uh, in the 80s under Reagan, they, Republicans used to run on opportunity and, and everyone has a chance to do something with themselves that they want to work hard and these are things that you would think Democrats and Republicans can agree on. And in a way, I feel like John Kasich and, say, a Bernie Sanders would agree on several of these things. Uh, that everyone want you know, the things that unite us all as Americans. Everyone, Everybody wants to have a chance to send their kids to college and give their kids a better life than they had. And raise a family and buy a house and have a job that's going to you know, allow them to pay into their retirement. And these are, these are common sense, universal issues, uh, that we all know what the hot button topics are. We should just, uh, find a way to work together to, to make it happen. Anyways, guys, uh, I know I'm, I'm likely voting for, for Sanders. I would vote for, I would likely vote for Kasich if he had any chance of winning. Um, but I think that if there's one, uh, quality in a president, I look for it's definitely integrity and consistency. And I think that Sanders uh, has that in a way that no candidate in, in years, and certainly among this uh, crop, has. Uh, don't agree with all his policies, but I think uh, I, I would not be, I'd be very happy for him to be our, our uh, representative in the world. Anyways, guys, Love the show. Would love to know what you think about that. I think me and Jesse can agree on a lot of that stuff. Uh, Brittany's the best part. Love the show. Brittany's the best part. That was Bye. that was a reluctant Brittany's the best part. <laughs> Do you think they're getting more and more reluctant as time goes on? Yes. <laughs> I still think you're the best part, so that's saying something. Oh, thanks. Well, I've got a few things. One, I do agree that Sanders is likely the most integrity-possessing candidate in the race right now. Mm-hmm. It doesn't mean he's electable. <laughs> it just means he really believes what he what what he is uh, extolling and that he has goodwill in, in, uh, in his policies. Unlike Trump, who I don't believe believes his shit. He's just a maniac. Well, and same with Hillary, who when you compare Bernie and Hillary, for example, the Democratic town hall last night. Yeah. When Bernie is talking, he always comes across as this genuine person. When she is talking, yeah, it is just not the case. She does not come across as genuine. Yeah. And there was a situation where she had um, 
people in the audience and she had them stand up during this one question and they were mothers of black boys who had been killed or hurt in police brutality mm-hmm. and she told them to stand up and was like, oh, applaud these women. And then they just kept standing for like two minutes because she never told them to sit back down, didn't really care what happened to them after she used right. them it's, as a prop. They're a, that's exactly right. So they, were, they were a prop it's for just, the campaign. That is a perfect illustrating moment, the differences between Bernie and Hillary. Well, let me, let me uh, I agree with that. Uh, let, let me address a couple things from Dan's um, call. One is that you asserted in the call, Dan, that, the the Republicans that you'd think they've changed their game up because they've lost in these last few cycles. They haven't lost in the last few cycles. If they had, we wouldn't have a strong majority, Republican majority in the House mm-hmm. and, you know, a decent majority in the Senate. It, that wouldn't be the case. Yeah. They've only lost the presidency. Mm-hmm. So I think you're a little, a little maybe our focus is just different that you're focused on executive power and I'm, you know, more of a man of the people, Dan. Mm. (laughs) Right. The other thing is, is about the, the independent vote. And while that is correct, I absolutely agree with you that the candidates need to do a better job of communicating to campaigning to that segment of the electorate. But they're just not. Well, here's what happens if you don't, stroke the balls of the far right or the far left wing of your party, uh-huh. the base of your party, they don't show up to vote. Mm-hmm. They don't, sh- they don't, the vote doesn't get turned out. Right. It's the thing you talk about where it's a little game that they play where they're more right at this time where they're campaigning to the Republicans. Yes. And then in the general election, Brittany, stroking the balls, they have to come around <laughs> And stroke everybody's balls. That's, that's exactly right. Make an effort to... Because if you don't fire up the base, voter turnout is not high. Mm-hmm. Did I cut you off? No. Oh, all right. I mean, you did, but... But you're not... That you're doesn't not matter. angry about it. No. I don't need to stroke your balls over it. No, I'm good. <laughs> Thanks, though. Kind offer. So, uh... I agree with most of that. I just think there's minor points, Dan. <laughs> well, and the we other thing on. is the, you know, Donald Trump, does he even have the ability to appeal to those in the middle? I don't think so. Who? Donald Trump. Brain dead, picklehead illiterate. <laughs> I, I knew you were planning on something. I just didn't know. I wasn't even trying to be sly about okay, it. Okay. I, I didn't know if it was going to be directed at me or Donald Trump. Right. But do some of these people, you know, Ted Cruz, do they have the ability to appeal to the middle? I don't think so. I don't think no. they have that in them. Absolutely. And neither does Donald Trump. Anyone who follows his ethos, which uh, it's undefined, it's just wild all over the fucking place. They are disaffected. They are they're not run of the mill. They might be unwashed, but they're not run of the mill your normal independent voter. You you disagree or you're just afraid? I am just so confused by Donald Trump just won his third uh, race. That's right. His third presidential race in a row. He just won Nevada last night. The Nevada caucus. Overwhelmingly. Overwhelmingly. Donald Trump earned more votes than Ted Cruz and Marco Rubio, who were third and second respectively, Combined. So I don't know how to make sense of it, and I don't know what it means. Yeah. So I it's don't know. It's bizarre. All right. Before we get into any Donald Trump, I want to, and this is going to be about race again, 
Ben Carson was on with Glenn Thrush, who does a podcast for Politico. And he made an odd comment about Obama having been raised white. You've spoken with President Obama over the years, right? I would uh, No. You've never really talked with him? Yeah, I spoke with him after the prayer breakfast, briefly on stage. That's the last time I spoke to him. What did you guys talk about? He just said, uh, thank you for coming. That was about it? He didn't say he enjoyed the speech. Because <laughs> <laughs> I, I don't think he enjoyed the speech, right? But isn't it, are you curious at all about what his experience was like? I mean, you, you, did you, when he was elected. Which, which experience? The experience of being elected. Let's just, let's just stop it at January 20th, 2009, right? Um, did that, was that significant for you? As somebody who sat and watched that, I was there, I was in the crowd, mm -hmm. right? It was a pretty interesting moment in American history, right? Um, did you derive any uh, joy out of that, any sense of pride? How did you sort of feel, how did you process that? You know, I did not, I mean, I, like most Americans, I was proud that we broke the color barrier when he was elected. Uh, but I also recognized that his experience and my experience are night and day different. He didn't grow up like I grew up by any stretch of That's the right. nation. Not, not even close. Um, he was an African-American as opposed to an African-American. African-American. Uh, he was, you know, raised white. Uh, <laughs> many of his formative years were spent in Indonesia. So for him to, you know, claim that, you know, he identifies with the experience of black Americans, I think is a bit of a stretch. That is... One, they're talking about the experience that he must have had being elected the first black man elected to the presidency of these United States in the history of the country. That is a monumental both achievement professionally, but also personally. And they were talking about what what being a black guy who aspires to be the president how, how do you think that, what was that experience like for him? And he's like, well, his experience was way different than mine. He was raised white. He was raised white because they didn't do a very good job of raising him. Because <laughs> he's not white. He's black. It's just, it's a weird, it's a weird way to look at things. Well, so by his logic... A black person who grows up in Idaho was raised white because Idaho is 89% white. Right. And so apparently it's just about where you grow up. He's like, oh, it was, he lived in Indonesia. Okay. Right. What does that have to do with the color of his skin? He also walked around the streets of these United States with black skin being treated black. No one's, the cop who pulls him over to fuck with him doesn't say, Oh, you you were raised by your white grandparents? Oh, all right, never mind then. You're not really black. Well, if people were making this same kind of comment about Beyonce, like saying, you know, she's this wealthy black woman. She, what does she have to complain about, basically, is what the argument was. And one, you don't know what other people's experiences have been. That is exactly right. With racial prejudice, discrimination. You don't know what that experience has been for them just because they're in a better position now. And they, you know, did something positive with their life experience. Yeah. It doesn't say anything about what they have previously experienced. But Just, Ben Carson presumes to know all about it. Oh, yeah. All about it. All right. Well, let's 
as as promised or as threatened, depending on your perspective, let's move on to a little Trump. The Nevada caucuses, as we just mentioned, did finish. Donald Trump won overwhelmingly first place. Marco Rubio second and Ted Cruz third. And it is looking, as we've talked about in the past, people are going to need to get the hell out of the race in order to clear a path to the nomination for someone other than Donald Trump. Ben Carson needs to go. Ted Cruz needs to go. And although I don't want to say it, John Kasich needs to fucking go. Because if they don't and they leave it a multi-man race, it's not good. It's going to be Donald Trump. I don't see this happening, though. Because they have, they're going to have to put the party above themselves. And I think that John Kasich will do that. I even think Ben Carson will do that. But Ted Cruz ain't going to do that. Ted Cruz doesn't care about the well-being of the party or the country. He's all about himself. That's why he will have the, he will shut down the government. He will be instrumental in shutting down the government. He's he's an asshole who is absolutely woefully self-interested. So, let's talk a little bit about some of these Trump gaffes that have taken place. In his acceptance speech, his victory speech in Nevada, just proven that he gives absolutely no care to the words that he says, he said this. We won the evangelicals. We won with young. We won with old. We won with highly educated. We won with poorly educated. I love the poorly educated. We're the smartest people. We're the most loyal people. And you know what I really am happy about? Because I've been saying it for a long time. 46% with the Hispanics, 46%, number one with Hispanics. This is something Brittany has been playing over <laughs> and over. We won with poorly educated. I love the poorly educated. I just, I cannot believe that he said that. I, I kept playing it last night because I couldn't believe that he said it. She, she made me... She sent me the video and made me look at it to see just how palpably uncomfortable Eric and the other Trump boy were. <laughs> these these adult, these men. Right. They were visibly uncomfortable. It was they were like, "Oh, did he really just say that?" Uh, yeah. Jesus. They cuz they somehow have a filter and <laughs> knew Not even a great filter. The one just said right. about the waterboarding in co- all co- all college campuses all across the country. Right, but <laughs> Even this was a little over the line. For I mean, them. he's insulting the people that vote for him. Uh, the poorly, we love the poorly educated, you fucking mooks. Yeah, because you vote for us. <laughs> You're so dumb, you vote for us. That's what he's saying. Yeah, it's I mean, so good. Th- it, it's just so ridiculous. Well, I think at this point, he understands that there is some, some sense of brainwashing or just fanboy that has washed over his his fan base his his electorate and nothing will slow him down do we want the government to be run like a reality show no i mean i just have a feeling that if donald trump becomes president that he's going to create a reality show about it and c-span is going to be like the e-network 
and it's just going to be 24 hour coverage of what uh, he and Melania and all the Trump kids are up to. You, you think he has uh, Ryan Seacrest on speed dial? Yes. They've already got pre-production notes. Yes. They've got the concept fleshed out. Yes. He's talking to production companies. I do. <laughs> It's just a hunch that I have. That is really good. Really good. And pretty scary because it's a possibility. Mm-hmm. Yeah. All right. Well, prior to the caucus, Donald Trump was given a speech at one of his many rallies. And again, more evidence that he doesn't fucking care. He said this. Honestly, I hate to see that. Here's a guy throwing punches, nasty as hell, screaming at everything else when we're talking. And he's walking out, and we're not allowed, you know, the guards are very gentle with him. He's walking out like big high fives, smiling, laughing, like to punch him in the face, I'll tell you. And the crowd goes wild. Um, This billionaire. How many people has he punched in the face? That's what I was just getting ready to say. The son of a multimillionaire. Is suddenly a tough is, guy. Yeah, he's, he's just a badass now. I would love for Donald Trump to take a shot at me. He's like a regular Jason Statham. Like he, he he watches the Born Identity and then he's like, "Yeah, I want to punch these protesters in the face." <laughs> Calm down, you're Donald Trump. You're not going to punch anyone in the face. You're surrounded by security 24/7, pussy. Also, you really want a president who thinks like this? He described the the behavior of the protester and none of it was violent. He, well, he said he was throwing punch. It was all contradictory. He was throwing punches, blah, blah, blah. And then he's walking out, smiling and high-fiving. Th- those those two are incongruent. Right. So there's this person that's interrupting his event. And the punishment that he thinks is owed in that situation is to be punched in the face and to have <laughs> the guards rough him up a bit. Right. Oh, he does believe that, though. How dare you interrupt me, Donald Trump, King of the gymnasium. So that's exactly... Okay, this reminds me of a tweet that he tweeted today. And yes, I look at his Twitter feed. Um, he tweeted that Carl Rove should be fired. And I don't remember why. Let me find it. Okay, in all of television, the only one who said anything bad about last night's landslide victory was dopey Carl Rove. He should be fired. And... There's over 7,000 likes of this tweet. Now, anyone who disagrees with Donald Trump should be fired, silenced, right. punched in the face. Right. Is this the great temperament that we hear so much about? The man who's going to stand in the void for your First Amendment right as an American. This Kim Jong-un number two. Right. I mean, this is scary. For sure. Well, the other thing, and let's go back to the to the poorly educated comment. The last thing he said there was, oh, Hispanics, Hispanics, we won the Hispanic vote by 46% or some crazy number. Well, it came out today that many Twitter accounts were created and all tweet, they all had Hispanic names, uh, Villa Rosa, Villa, I, I don't know why V is in my head, but all kinds of, of of Latin sounding Hispanic names, and they were all tweeting the same thing. So they tweeted Trump won around 40% of the Latino vote in Nevada, but that accounts for about 1,300 votes, still more than the two Hispanics on the ballot. Right. And this was from 
at N-W-A-R-I-K-O-O. And they also tweeted that it appears the text of these spam tweets was copied from a tweet by a journalist with Univision. Because they tweeted, a journalist tweeted the text of Mm -hmm. this as well. And then they all copied it and then it got sent out. Right. But it's many accounts with, you know, Latino names. Mm -hmm. And they're all tweeting the same thing at roughly the same time. Right. So. Within minutes of each other. Yeah. They all just had the same idea. Yeah. Kind of fishy. A little suspicious. Seems a little weird. The other thing that Trump is doing and using Twitter to do so. Do you have something? Yeah. You 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 per- perked up there. Yeah, I did. So they also were tweeting similar things, these accounts. For example, they tweeted after this Trump tweet, fuck what people think, just do you. Mm-hmm. So many of the accounts were then tweeting an additional same thing, <laughs> which is kind of weird. You think you would do different things? So what is being postulated here is that the Trump campaign has created these accounts and is now using them to further the narrative that Donald Trump, despite his anti-immigration, anti-Mexican statements, is supported by Mexicans. Mm-hmm. Just fuck. You couldn't write a better, more wacky-ass story. So here's the other thing that he's doing at the hands of Twitter. He retweeted, apparently, a tweet that insinuates that Marco Rubio is also not eligible to be president of the United States, just like Ted Cruz, according to Donald Trump. Well, you actually sent out a retweet yesterday suggesting that Marco Rubio might be ineligible to be president, a tweet that said both Cruz and Rubio are ineligible to be POTUS. Do you really believe that? I think the lawyers have to determine it. That it, not, it was a retweet, not so much with Marco. I'm not really that familiar with Marco's circumstance. But then I know why that retweet it? Problem, but I think that uh, because I'm not sure. I mean, let people make their own determination. I know Ted is being now, I think he's being sued by somebody, having nothing to do with me, by the way, is being sued by somebody, uh, maybe it's in New York, having to do with eligibility. You're really not so sure that Marco Rubio that is eligible to run for president? You're really not sure? I don't know. I, I really, I've never looked at it, George. Honestly, I've never looked at it. Uh, somebody said he's not, and I retweeted it. I, I have uh, 14 million people between Twitter and Facebook and Instagram. I retweet things and we start dialogue and it's very interesting. And maybe that's why I have 14 million people uh, and others have you, 200 people. Do you I think as you get on this path to the nomination, you're the clear right front runner right now? As we said, you're in command of this race. You're going to have to be more careful about the kind of things you say and tweet. Well, I didn't know I was going to win by so much yesterday. You didn't either. I mean, nobody thought I was going to win by that much. I was bigger than the polls. You know, the polls were saying I'd win by three or four points. And I won by more than 10 points. And that was a lot. Uh, They were saying that I'd get some of the congressional districts, but certainly not all of them, and I got all of them. So I had no idea I was going to win by that much. Certainly after the robocalls, I never figured I was going to win by that much. God damn. Let me tell you something. It is bizarre to me that he continues to, to, to repeat. Well, it was a retweet. It was a retweet. Yeah, we get it, Dick. We know. But you're furthering this false narrative that Marco Rubio wasn't born in this country. Yeah. He, he was born here. He's acting like he isn't responsible for the information that he shares, right. but he is. Absolutely. And everyone is. Right. And, he, you know, oh, I don't know. I just shared it. Let people make their own determination. Okay. 
when you're proclaiming that you love the poorly educated and then you're saying things like this, <laughs> we can put two and two together and understand like what you're doing. Yeah. We, we know what you're doing. All right. Now let's wrap up the Trump stuff. Please. With a about a three minute exchange. Oh, God. This is going to be terrible when I say who it is. Everybody's going to be like, fuck. It's between Newt Gingrich and those morons on Fox and Friends. And you mean the very nice people yes, on Fox and Friends. Yes, the very nice morons on people. Fox and Friends. Mm-hmm. Morons are people too, Brittany. <laughs> Don't be so ex- uh, exclusionary. Yeah, okay. It's terrible of you. I can't believe it. Brain dead, pickle head illiterate. <laughs> anyway, Newt Gingrich in this clip really lays fucking... He puts the hammer down on these people. Mm-hmm. And uh, you're going to love it. And Mr. Speaker, where do you think the the support as far as dollars from Jeb Bush's campaign is going to go? Will it go to Senator Rubio? um, And how much does money matter in this election? I I, I think the Bush money. uh, And by the way, if there was malpractice in in politics, I think Jeb Bush would have a good case to sue the people who ran his super PAC uh, for malpractice. But the Bush money will split, I think, probably 80 or 90 percent for Rubio and a small amount for John Kasich. Uh, But I I think that uh, that money wants somebody who they're comfortable with. And I think they're uncomfortable with Cruz and they're very uncomfortable with Trump. Well, they are uncomfortable with Trump, the GOP establishment. You, you talk to the GOP establishment. I mean, you're, you're part of it for the most part. What this is their nightmare scenario. What are they trying to do? Oh, I think they look, I think they live in a fantasy land right now. Uh, Donald Trump is tapping into something in the country that's real. And if you take Trump's vote and Cruz's vote and Carson's vote, Mm -hmm. the three outsiders, they are once again at about 62 percent in South Carolina. And they have been consistently above 60 percent everywhere in the country. If you pull together all of the the insurgents uh, and there's a message there. People believe the country's decaying. They believe Washington is the heart of that decay. They want somebody who's going to kick over the table and change Washington. That's why Cruz has done so well, and it's why Trump has done so well. What's interesting is uh, I remember Mitt Romney, one of his great advantages was money, and that's why a lot of you guys couldn't keep up. This time, (laughs) the billionaire is spending the least amount of money and running away with this thing. Well, that's because of you guys. What? Look, that's because of you guys. Donald Trump gets up in the morning, tweets to the entire planet at no cost, picks up the phone, calls yeah. you, has a great conversation for about eight minutes, which would have cost him a ton in commercial money. Uh, and meanwhile, his opponents are all out there trying to raise the money to run an ad. Well, I mean, people Nobody make decisions. The ad. Dude, people make decisions. Mitt Romney made a decision. For three months, he wouldn't do any, wouldn't do us at all. I mean, people decide uh, for a while, Jeb Bush wouldn't hop on any television at all. Oh, Hillary Clinton didn't do anything in the beginning. Donald Trump, from day one, made a himself available to big and small. Plus, he's, in, he's invented scenarios where suddenly he's got all this free media and people, look, you know, that Pope thing you, at the you, end of the week, who wasn't talking about that? Look, you, you can you can say that Trump is the candidate Fox and Friends invented. Uh, <laughs> he, he was on your show, I think, more than any other show. Every it, was always a, it was always a happy, positive conversation. Yep. Uh, he just kept going around the country. And, and this is one of his great advantages. He loves what he's currently doing. And he is having a ball. That gives him more energy. Yep. Uh, and the fact that he can get on his plane to go back home, to get up in the morning, get back on his plane, a pretty comfortable life for a presidential yeah. candidate. You know what? I want to be a billionaire, too. Just saying. All right. <laughs> Newt, thank you very much for joining us today. Thanks.
So he doesn't even get, they don't even understand that he's, he's, it's an indictment of them and what they do. That Donald Trump was created, and it's not just Fox and Friends. It's also CNN that they will go, they'll, they'll cut away from live news coverage and just be playing the Donald Trump speech that's happening. He's not saying anything. Mm-hmm. It's just 15 minutes of absolute drivel word salad. And they're covering it live like it's big news, like it's a presidential press conference. It's really disturbing because I think they're doing it just because it's, quote unquote, entertaining. Right. That's exactly right. But it's not entertaining. It's really embarrassing. And if we could stop showing it as much as we are, that would be great. Well, they're feeding the fucking bears. You don't feed the bears. And they're feeding the bears. Brittany. Yeah. They're feeding the bears. Yeah. Brain dead, picklehead, illiterate. Mm-hmm. Not a fan. All right. We do cover him a lot too. We do, and I, I unabashedly I cover him, but we don't cover him like he's a legitimate news story. Right, right, right. We cover him like, look at this fucking idiot. Yes, although I do notice sometimes on CNN when they're talking about him. They're laughing and Look, I mean, they're trying to like hold back their laughter. I, you hear, know? I hear Don Lemon talk about, oh, he's the greatest interview. He's the greatest interview. Uh, it's, yeah, it's he's a clown. Mm-hmm. He's a clown in makeup. He's an orange face mookie clown. Yeah, I mean, with y- pink eye sockets. You what is going on there? He reminds me of the Lorax, but you don't <laughs> you don't need to the Lorax. Yes. Like the Dr. Seuss character? Yeah, the little wow. orange man with the giant mustache. Is he saving the trees or chopping the trees down? You know, I don't really know. I think he's I think he saves the trees. So he's n- he only looks like Donald he Trump. He only looks like Donald Trump. Um and I had a math professor in college who looked exactly like the Lorax. He had a giant <laughs> bushy mustache and and I walked into class and I was like, "Oh my god, this is the Lorax." And I started <laughs> I started telling everybody in my class, I said, he looks like the Lorax. And everyone's like, who is the Lorax? So anyway. Anyway. Great story. Perfect segue. Anyway, we have talked in the past about the, the vacancy on the Supreme Court of the United States left by Antonin Scalia. Well... I haven't commented or haven't criticized the Republicans about their plan, their announcement that they're not going to, they're going to obstruct is what they're going to do. And that's all politics. And I've said that Obama, he should, he should appoint and the Senate should do their thing. If they choose to not vote or to vote no, then that's their constitutional um, footing. That's, that's it within their right, within their duty under the constitution. Well, the Democrats have been crying foul And this week it was revealed that Joe Biden, now current president, former senator from Delaware, he said some very embarrassing things in 1992 regarding this exact same issue. If a Supreme Court justice resigns tomorrow or within the next several weeks, or resigns at the end of the summer, President Bush should consider following the practice of a majority of his predecessors and not, and not name a nominee until after the November election is completed. Uh Uh-oh. 
It would be our pragmatic conclusion that once the political season is underway, and it is, action on a Supreme Court nomination must be put off until after the election campaign is over. That is what is fair to the nominee and essential to the process. <clears throat> so, did you hear Mitch McConnell there? Oh, wait, no, that's Joe Biden. Mm-hmm. Right. So, everybody who's up has their panties or their boxers in a wad, as it were, Calm down. This is politics. Politics will work itself out. The Constitution is in place. This isn't a constitutional crisis. The only thing you might want to ask yourself, though, is who are these idiots that we keep voting into office who are intellectually dishonest with the American people at every turn? Even someone for whom I have a lot of respect, Joe Biden, Mm -hmm. plays these fucking games. Every party, even your guy, even your gal, is guilty of this. Yes. And we need to call en masse and chastise our representatives and our senators for this behavior. Because this is disingenuous bullshit. Mm-hmm. Well, apparently they have severe memory problems. Oh, and they also forget that there is audio and video recording <laughs> all the time. Every time they open their stupid mouth in public, eh, it's being recorded. It is. Especially when you're on the floor of the Senate giving a speech. <laughs> all right. Brittany, in her... This is a perfect story. In your quest for science, your quest for data and research, you came across an article that was very near and dear to your heart because you love spiders so much. No. Yes. No. You love them. No. Apparently, it has been empirically shown through research that spiders appear bigger to people who are afraid of them. Am I getting that right? Okay, so a researcher in the Department of Brain and Cognitive Sciences at a university in Israel has said, quote, we found that although individuals with both high and low arachnophobia rated spiders as highly unpleasant, only the highly fearful participants overestimated the spider size. So you would fall into this category. Yes. So having arachnophobia doesn't make you overestimate the size of the spider. It's the level of fear that you have. So if you're very afraid of spiders, you're going to think that the tiny little spider you just saw was massive like a tarantula. Right. Which happens to you. Happens to me all the time. All the time. All the time. I have gotten phone calls about the girth and mass of arachnids in Brittany's bathroom. Only to find out that, you know, it's the size of your your pinky fingernail. So that is kind of where the idea for this study came from, is that this researcher noticed a graduate student who saw a spider crawling along and came and asked him to get rid of, quote, a big spider. And... (laughs) <laughs> he he saw the spider and he thought it was a very strange request because the, the spider looked very small. Right. So he thought, how could this be if we both saw the same spider? So they did an experiment and found out that it's related to how much you fear the spiders. Very interesting. And yeah, a little common sense there. But it's nice that they back up to 
to explain the common sense with a little science, with a little research, with a lot of data. Huh? Mm-hmm. Nice. All right. Well, in our efforts to leave you happy, to leave you with a smile on your face after every episode, here is a news package out of Spokane, Washington, a town we know well, Brittany Page. An old woman named Flossie Dickey who just turned 110 years old. Now, the reason I'm going to play this audio is because I hope that I give as few fucks as Flossie when I'm 110. Good morning. Yes, we are out here at the Cheney Care Center, and I am sitting next to the woman on the front page of the Spokesman Review this morning. This is Flossie Dickey, and check it out, folks. We got her her very own Good Day Spokane coffee mug. She is enjoying some coffee this morning because, Flossie, you say you're a little tired this morning. Is that right? I am tired. She is very <laughs> tired. That's actually, I heard, your favorite activity to do at the center here is to take, take a little nap. Take a nap many times as I can. As many times as she can, she likes to take uh, take a nap. Flossie has three children. You have 12 grandchildren, 20 great-grandchildren, and 15 great-great-grandchildren. You sound like a very busy lady. Yes, she has she has lived in multiple places um, in the Northwest, even lived in Arizona. She's originally from Oregon. That's where she was born. And Flossie, this morning, we also have some flowers that we would like to give you. She got her nails done. I don't know if you can see, but they're a beautiful pink. Pink and purple, we heard, were your favorite colors. So I'm just going to set those on your lap for you. <laughs> and um, stay. I'll hold them. How about that? So that they stay. Later today, Flossie's family is going to be coming out here to throw you a big birthday party. Are you excited for your party? Not one bit. <laughs> <laughs> what would you ra- you would rather be taking a nap, huh? She does not oh, care. Anyway, I'm here with Chris Barr. Chris, you have known Flossie. Come on in here. Yes. Well, I know there's, uh, there's a bit of a delay here, but stay with me. Can Matt, you ask, are you going to say something? Can you ask Flossie, uh, 110, obviously she knows a few secrets here. What is the key to live that long? Yes, I've been trying to get that out of her. Flossie, the people on TV want to know what the secret is to being able to live so long. I don't know. I don't fight it. I don't live it. <laughs> she doesn't fight it. She lives it. So that is hilarious. Very funny. And you have a lot in common with Flossie. We would really get along. Because you love the naps. I love taking naps. And I'm hoping that naps are the secret to a long life. If that is the case, and she looks good for 110. Mm-hmm. If, if that's the case and naps are the secret... You're going to be in good shape. You might live to be 500. Yeah. Because you love to nap. I take a lot of naps. Yeah. You can nap at any time. We've I can nap about at any time. Show. Anywhere. You're also just as excited about birthday parties as Flossie. <laughs> Very much. Yes. That is a woman who... And also, it was weird because 
They gave her the mug. They're average. She's got the the kitschy mug with the stupid logo for the morning show. She just doesn't care. And she's just like drinking her. Like, all right, when is this over? Yeah, yeah. I got a nap to get to. Yeah, she does not care. <laughs> does not care at all. But 110. Happy birthday, Flossie. Even though you'll never hear this, and you don't care, and don't fucking care. <laughs> with that, we will leave you. We hope you care, and we appreciate you listening as often as you do, twice a week. If you're real, real loyal. If you'd like to support the show other than listening twice a week, you could check out the website, dollamore.com. On the left-hand side of the page, there is a link that says support the show. There you can find all kinds of different ways to take part, helping us, supporting us, partnering with us to move the conversation forward. We appreciate you guys. We love you a lot. And until next time. For Brittany Page, I am Jesse Dollamore, and this is Ben. I doubt it. Then shut up, you're not getting a dislike button. <laughs>